What's up, guys? We're back again. We're your co-hosts, Angelina and Olivia. Thank you so much for tuning in to Allegedly on this auspicious Thursday as we sit down to discuss society through the lens of radical politics, spirituality, astrology, and personal and collective liberation. We hope all of you listening leave each episode with a deeper understanding of yourself, your communities, and the world around you. At the end of the day, we want you to feel empowered. So sit back, plug in, and listen to what we have to say because shit isn't adding up and we're about to break it all down. But remember, everything we say is alleged. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Hey, all. Happy almost Thanksgiving, but not happy. I know, right? When we consider like the historical context of this holiday, which I think is like so like funny that we like celebrate the like genocide of indigenous people and like the expansion of the U.S. empire and like conceal it with feelings of Mm -hmm. like gratitude and like overconsumption. It falls on a Thursday and Thursday is ruled by Jupiter. And so Jupiter represents expansion and abundance which very much aligns with the so-called values that we are supposed to be celebrating on thanksgiving even just like jupiter's like themes of like good luck Mm -hmm. like when you think about like manifest destiny and stuff like that and then on the flip side some of the like negative effects of jupiter are like addiction overconsumption Mm -hmm. overindulgence gluttony Mm -hmm. And those also rhyme with Thanksgiving, if not more so. Right. And it like makes me think about all these other holidays that we're celebrating, like the supposed values that we're supposed to be celebrating have kind of turned to the flip side where in the US, I feel like a lot of our holidays have kind of turned to this, like, what am I trying to say? Like, we have commodified everything. They've kind of been tainted by just like American values. Right. Yeah. But like, I think, like, that's the interesting thing about, like, everything, like, duality. Mm-hmm. Like, Jupiter, like, yeah, it can mean those things, but it can also mean other things. And that's, like, with everything. But I think, like, when we want to, like, interrogate these holidays and, like, if their alleged values have, like, because question mark, what are the values in the first place, mm-hmm. have been tainted by the American empire, like, it serves us to look at, like, where these holidays even came from. Which is the interesting part and kind of like what we're going to talk about today on this episode. Mm-hmm. This was actually a potential episode for season one. It was. And we were going to talk about holidays. And the reason why we thought of it was because it was Valentine's Day that was coming up. I remember talking about with Olivia, like, how do we get Valentine's Day? Right. Like, it's so random. When it's you so think random about because it. one, yes, I feel like it was the job of like the card industry and like Hallmark and like Mm -hmm. that's the only reason why they exist I guess at this point because we have this tradition of like giving cards and shit like that right and like when did stuffed animals become like a symbol of love right like I'm sorry but like I don't want that as my symbol of love like give me something (laughs) different so when we looked it up, it's actually a pagan ritual so from February 13th to 15th the Romans celebrated the feast of Lupercalia and the men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with the hides of animals they had just slain. And young women would actually line up for the men to hit them because they believed that this would make them fertile. Which is really interesting when you think about it, because it's like, okay, these stuffed animals, and then you think about like dogs and sacrifice, mm-hmm. and then you think about like blood and how Valentine's Day is red with the color red, mm-hmm. and then even just like fertility and Valentine's Day is often associated with like sex Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. it's like all these things and we're like wait like are we out here doing like a rendition of a pagan ritual Mm -hmm. which prompted us to look into like other holidays right so we were like 
I think Christmas is like really interesting because like Christmas actually comes from a pagan ritual done in ancient Rome. And it was basically to celebrate the sun god. The emperor built a big temple for the sun god in Rome and inaugurated it on December 25th, 274 AD. And then they celebrated it by like giving gifts and stuff like that. And during that time, all social rules were like reversed and stuff like that. And I think it's interesting because like Christmas, which is supposed to like, at least in Christian tradition, which like largely rules the tradition of the U.S., is supposed to celebrate like Jesus Christ, the son of God. But like the Roman ritual in which it originated from is celebrating the sun God. Mm -hmm. Even when we look at other holidays like Easter and how it's based on like the cycle of the moon, it falls on the first spring Sunday after the new moon. And there's all these like traditions associated with it, like the Easter eggs and Easter bunny, which were originally associated with the Germanic goddess of spring, which was like a symbol of like rebirth and fertility, which like in the Christian understanding of Easter, it's supposed to celebrate the rebirth of God or like the resurrection. And it's correlated with the moon, which we know like the moon symbolizes like motherhood, Mm -hmm. like nurturance and fertility. And it's like, again, like, are we out here just performing renditions of pagan rituals that have been like tainted Mm -hmm. by like american consumerism and the thing about rituals is we kind of touched upon it in episode three our one on the cults of celebrity and this was in reference to kanye and the illuminati yeah and the illuminati and it's like in performing these rituals it's just a bunch of people doing like collectively the same actions or the same behavior the same behaviors yeah you have all of this collective energy now that's being used towards what is kind of the question I have when we're celebrating these holidays and like what are these other like rituals or rites of passages we have in the society Mm -hmm. and like I was thinking about like this common trajectory where we have to graduate high school go to college get a job get married have kids have a family then die like those I feel like are like kind of the rites of passage of the society and it's like we kind of just aimlessly move through these like motions and these rites. Well, I think like a very like important point to make is that like a ritual is not a ritual without intention. Mm -hmm. So like without intention, there is no ritual. Mm -hmm. It's just like moving through the motions. And I think like that's something we talk about, like in terms of spirituality a lot. And which is why like, I don't think that like every Easter we're actually like performing like pagan rituals and stuff like that. Actually, we are performing pagan rituals, but the outcome of the ritual is based on the intention set for the ritual, right? So like, if we take any ritualistic behavior, like you were talking about with like the like American dream ritual, or just like something as simple as like a spiritual gathering or anything like that. Yes, we create a collective energy, but without intention, it's just a bunch of people like Mm -hmm, doing the same mm -hmm. thing. Like think about like dance, right? And choreo. Yeah. Like if you're in a group dancing with that intention, it's just everybody like doing their own moves and everyone dancing. Mm -hmm. Like you can easily get 10 people together to start dancing. Yeah. But when it becomes a ritual is when you all have the intent to put on a performance. And so that's when everyone starts to think that's when the collective energy is actually stronger. Yeah. Yeah. If 10 people come together in a room and start dancing, there's still a collective energy like being like created. But it's not like being pushed towards pushed something into, or like, like it's not focused on anything. There's no intention. Yeah, there's it's no intention. intention. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's like the key thing between like a ritual and not, which brings up the fact that like 
people can be participating in ritual work without realizing that they're pushing an intention. Maybe imagine like if you were dancing in front of a one-way mirror and there were people watching you on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so then basically those people would just be going through the motions thinking like, oh, this is a rehearsal. Oh, we're just practicing in front of the mirror. Not realizing that they're actually engaging in a competition. They didn't know with a performance or whatever Mm -hmm. you may have it. And that's just like the power of like intention and ritual and stuff like that. Which like to take it back to the holidays, like we are engaging in ritual work, whether we're like actually like, you know, following the pagan rituals or like stuff like that. But then now that we're engaging in it and we're not putting our own intention, it begs the questions, like you said, whose intention Mm -hmm. are we fulfilling? Right. And I think it's important to note that like rituals don't have to be like this woo woo, like spiritual witchy thing. Yeah, I was going to say that like we have our own like morning rituals, like waking up, brushing your teeth, washing your face, like routines or rituals. And it's like we were talking about this in the car the other day. And we were trying to also define for ourselves and like more clearly, like what does intention or like moving with intention even mean? And it's just being mindful of your actions and what you're doing. Right. For example, like I can wake up in the morning and like do my morning routine, like just like wake up, go to the shower, grab my body wash, put it on, all that stuff and not realize that I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going through the motions. Like I can order food and eat it and like the difference between an intentional eating of food and like going through the motions eating of food is intentional eating of food is like looking at your food, like noticing the colors of your food, noticing like actually how it tastes. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess also like intentional eating of food is like I am eating this food with the purpose of insert your purpose Mm -hmm. of eating the food here. And so, so many times we're just like, oh, I want food. And it's like, you don't know if you want that food because you just want something that tastes good. You're actually hungry. You're bored. You're whatever. Mm -hmm. A lot of dietitians and nutritionists will talk about intuitive eating. Yeah. Which is just like eating with intention. Eating when you're hungry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many times, like, we don't eat with intention, right? Whether it be like, you're like, oh, it's 12 o'clock, time for me to eat lunch. Mm -hmm. Or whether you're just like, I just want food. And you just go grab food. And that's just like the same thing with ritual work, right? So many times we like do all these things, whether it be like following like the doctrine of the American dream, like you were talking about earlier, or like doing your morning routine, or honestly, like even just your drive to like work or school or wherever you drive to often or Mm -hmm. to your home. And we're not actually doing it with intention. We're just going through the motions. Right. And I feel like that just like creates a lot of room for like control Mm -hmm. because that's the thing about rituals like ritual work is humans ability to like take control of a situation or take control in a universe where we have very little control and so for example like with sports people um sports people with 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 athletes (laughs) like oftentimes like they will like bounce the ball seven times Mm -hmm. before they go out or they'll like listen to a lucky song in the locker room or stuff like Mm -hmm. that they're about to enter a game right where they've prepared all that they can possibly prepare but really the outcome is still unknown like even you preparing to your maximum does not guarantee that you will win and so that ritual is almost to like kind of regain control of the situation and like even science has shown that like rituals like help with like reducing anxiety reducing stress even though the situation has not changed at all Mm -hmm. I guess like this also relates to what I was saying about the American dream ritual. 
I feel like the people most bound to these rituals and going through the motions of life are the ones most bound to the status quo, kind of what we were saying in the dreams episode. And I also think like the adherence of the American dream is also in a similar vein, an attempt to like regain control. You see like a society full of like so much poverty, death, destruction, violence. And you're like, okay, like people are telling you just do this and like you'll be good. Like that's the premise of the American dream. Mm -hmm. You can easily end up homeless. You can easily end up disabled. You can easily end up like a victim of state sanctioned violence. You can easily end up whatever. That's why people will tell themselves like, oh, if you're just like an upstanding citizen, if you're just like a good American, you'll be successful. You'll be so good. That's Mm -hmm. where the model minority myth comes from. People don't realize that you aren't setting the intention in that ritual. Somebody else is setting the intent. Mm -hmm. And so like that ritual work that you're doing is giving energy to an intention that you didn't set. And that makes me like think like, where else do we see this? Mm -hmm. That's like the crazy thing about holidays is that like, I want to believe like the state or the ruling class, whatever you may call it, or even the Illuminati, like we were talking Mm -hmm. about in episode three knows the power of the ritual, knows the power of collective energy, knows the power of collective behavior behind an intention. And so what they do is set that intention, but without you having any say in that intention, but aiding in the fruition of that intention. It makes sense why they would take holidays from ritual work Mm because they know how powerful rituals are. And they want to like further their intention mm-hmm. of like further entrenching capitalism, further entrenching overconsumption. Yeah. How we say that every single morning. And we don't even know what it we means. We don't even know. We just know words. Right. We just know words. The intention behind that though is like nationalism, mm-hmm. US exceptionalism, US chauvinism, and stuff like that. We didn't set that intention. Right. And it really is like strengthening their power. The pledge, I feel like it reminds me of how in Landmark we would say the purposes and promises before every single mm-hmm. meeting. I'm saying these words, but I don't really know what the true intention of it is because like you kind of just like put it in my face. You told me to mm-hmm. to recite it. And it's like very related to indoctrination like mm-hmm. we talked about in episode two, allegedly the playground is a prison. Ritual work is like so essential to like indoctrination Mm -hmm. you can easily get people to like do a behavior behind Mm -hmm. your own intention again with the holiday like if you're setting the intention of like i want to further entrench capitalism you get people to like believe in narrative about like black friday black friday like all those things yeah they're just going through the motions they're just going through the behaviors if you ask people like oh like why do you give gifts on christmas it's just christmas that's what we do why do you go Easter egg hunting on, on, Easter? on Easter? Why do you shop every Thanksgiving? Like Now we have Cyber Monday. Now we have all these like different days of the right. week that are more like just buy, 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 consume, right. consume. It's really crazy to think like it's all ritual work. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like really unsettling for a lot of people because like I was saying earlier, people often correlate ritual with like woo woo stuff spirituality is nothing but like traversing through the world with like a heightened understanding and intention and intention right and and a heightened reclaiming of your power you realize that like there's a reason why the state wants you to be like oh that's woo woo shit and Mm -hmm. wants you to be like 
skeptical of spirituality and uses religion like we talked about in season one to like distort and taint spirituality and Mm -hmm. spiritual elements even when you think about the power of religion though like when you think about like how influential religion is in culture and people's everyday lives and movements it's like religion is nothing but ritual work right you're all gathered at a place Mm -hmm. um, on a certain day every day you're you're all going through the same motions every single day and so you have to ask yourself like what is the intention of that church and that's the thing when you aren't setting the intention for your own behavior Mm -hmm. anyone can tell you a different intention that's actually being put into those actions Because now I'm thinking, like, what would rituals look like in this more, like, liberated space? Or, like, how do we, like, get away from doing rituals for the state? Well, I think it's just, like, I mean, what we were saying earlier about intention. Yeah. And also, I think rituals aren't inherently a bad thing. Like I said, like, they have the ability to reduce stress, regain control of a situation. And I feel like that realization that you aren't setting an intention comes from a simple asking of why. Like just being like, why am I doing this? Which requires mindfulness about what you're doing Mm -hmm. and not just going through the motions. Yeah, I think that's one way that we can like divest from like other people trying to control us through ritual work is like literally just questioning things and asking why, which is like what we try to do every episode. So if I say like, oh, I'm waking up every single day at 6 a.m., to like be the most productive in the day right Mm -hmm. and I'm not actually my my productivity isn't actually reaching a metric I want there needs to be a serious questioning of like why are you waking up at 6 a.m then if it's not healthy if you're saying I'm going to a building every Sunday to like get closer to God to be more spiritual whatever and you're looking at your life and it doesn't seem like it's like changed that much or like the God that is allegedly promising you all these things that you hear every Sunday those things aren't coming to fruition. You have to ask yourself why. It warrants a serious self-introspection. Other societal rituals that, like, maybe this was touching on the American dream, but, like, you talked about it, like, marriage. Marriage is, like, yeah. intense ritual work, like, down to, like, the white dress, the ceremony, all these mm-hmm. things. Any tradition, I feel like, needs to be interrogated. Because, like, when we talked about in season one about, like, how the state has, like, vested interest in the maintenance of the nuclear family it makes you question the intention behind the ritual work of marriage like what are the actual like ideologies behind all of these rituals that we're performing and what made me think about like marriage and stuff is like i thought again back to the platonic versus romantic episode and we talked about like amanda normativity but yeah, how marriage is like kind of enforcing this ideal of the cis heteronormative like relationship. Which is interesting too, because like, do you remember when like gay marriage got legalized? There's been a lot of people in the queer community that have come to say that like that didn't do anything for queer mm-hmm. liberation. If anything, it like brought queerness more into like the standards and the mm-hmm. being of cis people. Okay, you ask anybody, like, okay, you want to get married? Why do you want to get married? Because I love this person, because whatever. And then you're like, okay, so how does that correlate to a white dress? How does that correlate? Like a million dollar wedding. A a million dollar wedding. Why do we have the ceremony and then the reception? Mm -hmm. That is never interrogated. And so when you think about, like, how the state needs the nuclear family, both in terms of just, like, maintaining individualism, extrapolating the most labor from its citizens, right? 
So if you don't have a community to depend on and you only have your four people in your nuclear family to depend on, there's a higher likelihood that two families are going to go to work. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you had a communal thing, less people would have to go to work. Right. And then you think about like maintaining cis-het patriarchy, right? Because in marriage, like if the only thing that exists is like the dynamic between like man and woman, and then you take in that like alienation or exploitation, you can't lean on mm-hmm. anybody but your partner. But that partner is like steeped in patriarchy. What women are engaging in is just their further subjugation. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, what is supposed to be a celebration of like partnership and like love and care and whatever has just been like manipulated and twisted into something that it's not for our benefit. Like even when we think about Christmas and like, yeah, we talked about how like it was originally celebrating the sun god and blah, blah, blah. Let's say for all intents and purposes, like that didn't exist. And so like, it's actually trying to like celebrate the son of God and and Jesus's birthday and just like family and tradition and all those values. How did like all this stuff enter the mix? Like I'm talking gingerbread, Santa, Santa <laughs> yeah. Claus. Pest ring, trucks. Ring. That's the most random shit ever to me. Like, have you ever seen those commercials? Wait, the what? The Hess trucks. They're, no. they're they're toy trucks that come out every Christmas. They're like a big thing. For what? Literally. Like, I don't get what? it. How did Santa Claus enter the equation? Like, and I'm sure we can like Google that and like find that information. But we're not trying to like know how it entered the equation like that. We're trying to know how that served the intention mm-hmm. that you think that you were fulfilling. Exactly. And so if the behavior and the actions you are doing are not fulfilling your own intention, then it begs the question of whose intention or what intention is it fulfilling? Mm -hmm. Like you keep saying. How else do we see this? I think like you talked about this, but like school shooting training. Oh yeah, okay. This is because I read this blog post and they were talking about how like in this age, our childhood rituals include the school shooting trainings mm. and intruder training, intruder trainings, like all of these like trainings against potential dangers. Fire drills. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like they're training us to think that this world is unsafe. Like no one is to be trusted. It really like, I don't know. It, it just like, that's not how the world is. Like if you mm-hmm. are moving through the world in fear of something, like that's mm-hmm. not the way you want to move. You don't want to move based on fear. Mm-hmm. That's how the state takes control of our minds. Like they mm-hmm. fill us with all of this fear of like fear of poverty, fear of whatever. Again, to reference like episode two, when you think about like the schools as an indoctrination site, mm-hmm. which is like why I think childhood rituals, like you said, are like particularly poignant. They're teaching you how to act in a state of emergency, mm-hmm. in a state of like, I guess, surprise attack or like. <laughs> I'm thinking about sneak how, attack. how no, how you would react to like a shooter in the building yeah. or like the alarm. No, fire. I was like telling um, Angelina and fire alarm. my friend Venela when she was here, I was like, y'all, like if they told me that like a shooter came to school, like on the university campus and don't be like me. I think this is just my personality. I really think that I'd be unmoved. And they were like, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Like, if whatever. And so then, like, a couple minutes later, our fire alarm. No, like, yeah, I was going to say, even last night when the fire alarm went off, because I was making mac and cheese, I went to, like, immediately to go fan it. And you didn't even flinch when it went off. The first time that it went off, it was, like, five minutes after that conversation when they were like, okay, sure. 
the fire alarm went off and like my other friend started like fanning the fire alarm and then like <laughs> oh you got up and you started like looking outside and like looking over oh, yeah, like what yeah, do we yeah. do what do we do and I was like I see no fire in this building right. so like and it took I me a second I'm too unmoved. actually because yeah. I was like because I didn't understand on, what you wait, guys were doing why am I so panicked there is actually nothing happening yeah like, and it's like you gotta question that too like I was right, saying about right. like um having all these like safety trainings it's like what are we actually scared of? Right. And is anything actually happening? Right. Or are we just like, we hear the fire alarm and automatically our actions are, we have to like move. Right. Which is not to discount just like safety right, and right. like fire yeah. safety. But then it also brings up the question of like, so if I can elicit that reaction in you from just the sound of the fire alarm, how easily that could be manipulated. Yeah. So if I know that like, I can turn on the fire alarm and you will like leave your home. You will freak out. You will be unnerved. Let's say I wanted to like manufacture like mass hysteria in the building or mass anxiety or mass whatever. I just like keep turning on the fire alarm, which is like not realistic. Obviously, that probably doesn't happen. But like it's just to show like when you are engaging in mindless behavior, how it's so easy for that to be like taken Mm -hmm. and like used for any sort of purpose yeah and obviously we're using bad purposes but that's not always the case like there are very good things that come from ritual work like we were talking about athletes even like religion and like church like this fostering of community just like relief from like the trials of society and Mm -hmm. stuff like that there are good things that come from ritual work the point we're trying to make is like you don't know it can be good or bad Mm mm-hmm Also on that question, I think about death and like these death rituals that the state can also be performing. And I think about COVID-19, mass killings of black and brown people, U.S. war crimes. And like, I really feel like these are like human sacrifices of the state. state. It kind of begs the question of like, what is the purpose of sacrifice and ritual? Because Mm -hmm. like, see that a lot like that's a common motif like in a lot of rituals sacrificing something to gain something Mm -hmm. like whether it's like like, death and rebirth yeah exactly even like when you were talking about easter like the original pagan ritual and even when like you know like the media depiction of rituals it's like it's witchy it's like witchy burning candles like like satanic yeah like bring a dead animal or bring someone's hair or bring or something like that Again, ritual work is like nothing but like behaviors behind an intention. Intention behind behavior. Yeah, intentions behind behavior. Yeah. And I think like those behaviors help you more embody your intention, for example, like help you be more in tune with your intention because Mm -hmm. intention is nothing but a mindset. It's nothing but like moving with purpose. I can't like set the intention of like, I want to exercise five minutes a day, like right now by just saying it and not doing any behavior. Mm -hmm. Like that won't rhyme. Right. There has to be like some sort of behavior to like see an intention to fruition. And so I think like, again, what you were saying about like transformation, because a lot of ritual work surrounds transformation or like changing things or changing Mm -hmm. like a feeling or an outcome or a situation. I think that's why a lot of death is like involved in some way or fashion with ritual. Yeah. What I kind of envision in my head when I think about like the state's human sacrifices, it's like, because there's so much energy behind death and rebirth. It's like the death, the energy like comes out and like they're kind of just like sucking up all that power. Right. 
And I think like people sometimes have this one-to-one understanding when you talk about death and rebirth as transformation. And it's not always like that. So for example, when you think about like the death ritual that surrounded COVID-19 and still is, like the death is like obviously the people that died from like COVID-19. But the rebirth is like a new, like it's like the culture that emerged from like those deaths. One, like a culture of callousness, a culture mm-hmm. of desensitization to mm-hmm. death. And then also like things like labor shortage, a culture of disposability, right? That not many people can die and like it's unfazed. And when you think about the function of the state and like the role the state plays in our society, you realize why that transformation is necessary as we are on the cusp of revolution, as we are on mm-hmm. the cusp of liberation. Even when you think about like war crimes and like imperialism, and you think about the death of countries in the global south, the death of those cultures, like war crimes, like what is reborn is like colonialism. So like what is reborn is like a new culture that fits in with Western hegemonic standards, that fits in and props up U.S. dominance. That Mm -hmm. is what is died and reborn yeah okay that's good to clarify yeah Mm -hmm. when you think about like ritual work and like it being like a routine like war is a routine for the u.s empire yeah negligence and like disposability and just like putting profits over people and the things that played a huge role in like the mass covid19 casualties is a routine for the u.s empire What is the intent behind continually engaging in foreign wars? What is the intent behind continually allowing people to die? I like feel the energy or something like it's so like almost demonic. Sometimes we hesitate to use that word because like people have this certain sense of like demonic being like satanic and like the devil and And all that also like satanic panic that has been used yeah yeah like so much but it is it's very demonic like doing this death ritual killing and washing your hands of the blood and it's like okay next and like it's over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over again at what point are you gonna like fucking wake up and be like okay we are actually like being subjects of this ritual work right A big reason why we chose to record this episode for this week was like a lot of people like using the tragedy at Astroworld to promote satanic panic and talk about how like, oh, Travis was just like engaging in a ritual. And like, first of all, like, how are we seeing a resurgence of satanic panic in our good Lord's year of 2021? (laughs) And second of all, it was just like, what was the intention behind that ritual work, right? Like if we want to say like deaths and stuff like that because it would have to be a coordinated intention because Mm -hmm. so many people have a hand in that tragedy yeah like i feel like people like have it a little misconstrued where like travis is the one who is like i'm single-handedly like sacrificing these people yeah Yeah. and i think like where that comes from is people's refusal to like sit with the fact that like you live in a demonic or devilish society it's oftentimes we want to pinpoint one person or one thing as like Mm -hmm. a devil or bad we do that a lot with like the ruling class and QAnon does that a lot with like in religion conspiracy theories and religion the reason why that is is so we can continue living in this false notion that like the badness of our world and the badness of our society comes from like this evil monstrous Mm -hmm. entity that is like 
purposely trying to orchestrate bad as opposed to like the evilness and the badness of our society Mm -hmm. being the essential fabric of our society right also it goes back to the last episode that would cause cognitive dissonance to implicate your society as demonic implicates you at the same time because you are a participant in this society right and it's much easier to feel like travis did this whole elaborate scheme that resulted in what is it now almost 10 fatalities rest in peace to them as opposed to being like individualism mm-hmm. callousness neglect for human nothing life. happens in a vacuum Literally. we keep repeating it in like every single one of those episodes it's a collective thing that right. made it happen all those values individualism callousness all those things all those values that are very essential to the american way of being we want to escape those things and just put it on travis mm-hmm. a lot of people want to relinquish control to like an other thing to refuse to take accountability because they refuse to acknowledge themselves as participants of the world as opposed to observers of just how the world works this question of like asking yourself why am I doing that it's not that I guess like novel maybe it's novel in the society but like asking yourself why you're doing something should be like a very basic act it shouldn't be like that revolutionary or that like freaking like oh yeah like why am I but a lot of people don't do it even though a lot of people don't do it But I think that like there's even a portion of everyone that doesn't ask yourself why because you don't want to sit in that answer of why. It's because you don't want to acknowledge yourself as a participant and the creator of your reality to some degree. People want to talk about the nuclear family and the woes associated with the nuclear family and childhood trauma and like all those things and patriarch and stuff like that. But they don't want to interrogate themselves and ask themselves why I'm participating in that thing. To sit with the reality of like the violence that is perpetuated through the nuclear family, the control that is perpetuated through the nuclear family, the violence that is perpetuated through patriarchy means that like it would compromise your ability to participate in the institution of marriage. It's much easier to be like, I'm getting married because that's just the way things are. Again, like, I want to, like, stress how, like, rituals are not always bad. It's not always Mm -hmm. somebody trying to, like... Take advantage of you. Right. Like, if you have the ritual of, like, again, to use the same example, waking up at 6 a.m. every day, that can be, like, helpful to some people. If you're using it to further your own intentions and goals and, like, using it to, like, for you. Right. And it's not even just for you. If you just know what the intentions are and you sanction those, Mm -hmm. the routine of like everyone on the left side going one way, on the right side going one way, right? Like that is a collective action that is like just done. Some people don't know the intent behind that, but like the intent behind that when interrogated can like just be like public safety. So like now you're engaging in that ritual and it's not for you, but at least you know the intent. Right. It makes me think about, like, how I can, like, cultivate rituals to cultivate yourself. Like, even how, like, before we record every episode of this, like, we get ready. Like, that's ritual. We test. And, like, the intent behind that is, like, to, like, feel better. Like, y'all can't fucking see us. Yeah. And we still, like, fully get ready. But it makes you, like, more, like, ready to speak and, like, confident. Like, I'm ready. Right. 
and it just puts you in a certain mood. Yeah. Or like even like cleansing the space, like I was saying in the first yeah, episode. Before. I did that before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Don't do things mindlessly because that is how you just like give up control, I guess, like mm-hmm. of the situation. To a certain extent, you should let go and like give up control to just like the universe and stuff. But like you should only give up control to things that are in your highest good, not just like anything that wants to take control of you. If something wants to actively control you, maybe you shouldn't relinquish control to that thing. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> I'm thinking about the question that we asked in the last episode, like, what is your dream for society and how do your dreams fit into that, Mm -hmm. both collectively and personally? Again, it's like, what are your goals and how are you moving and taking steps with intention to, like, get towards those goals? And Mm -hmm. are you in the first place? Right. I feel like it exposes a lot of ritual work, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, for you to, like, be engaged in the American dream ritual, that means that you have to see some value in the perpetuation of America. Right. Or benefit from it in or some way. Or benefit from it. Or else why would you be engaging in that? Right. When you really interrogate it, like what is the intention behind it, you realize like I'm doing ritual work for free. Part of me kind of wants to talk about too, like on a different note, our personal spiritual rituals. Well, Mm. don't take our word for it as like the set ritual to do because again, like a ritual is a ritual that works for you and like what are the tools that work for you best. So at least for me, I think I kind of like touched upon this already. It's like this cleansing of my energy ritual that I do like daily or like every other day. It honestly depends on how I feel and like cleansing the room with like incense is like has become a big thing for me and cleansing my stuff too like my phone and my laptop and then like personally just like having the intention behind like when I'm showering or like actually doing physical cleansing like putting like energetic intentions behind that as well yeah like for me I think like just because of the nature of like what I've been doing lately like I've been setting a lot of intention surrounding, like, protection. Yeah, that too. For me, like, I just keep, like, a certain crystal in my bag. And then, like, I just kind of, like, say, like, okay, like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Obviously, I don't say actually that. But, like, pretty much. And you can honestly just say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And that's setting intention. I think, like, that's, like, really important to me because I have OD paranoia. Like, literally. Actually, not normally. I'm not paranoid. Whenever I'm doing something that is, like, risky, I feel, like, OD paranoia, basically. Mm -hmm. I think another, like, ritual I do is, like, a lot of, like, candle work, which is, like, where the, like, allegedly manifestation candles come Mm -hmm. from. It's basically just using the intentionality or, like, the, like, energetic, like, vibes, I guess, behind, like, colors, behind fire, behind... um, Just, like, different things. Crystals. Crystals, um, stuff like that. Usually, like, if I'm setting the intention of self-love, if I'm setting the intention of like cleansing, if I'm setting the intention of like energy action, if I'm setting the intention of just like happiness, happiness, maybe like an orange one, self-love, a pink one, energy, maybe a red one. And then I'll just put like the crystals like next to it that amplify that energy. Sometimes I'll like write on a piece of paper, like setting the intentions, because I think there's a lot of power in the written word. Oh, for another spiritual ritualistic work, 
if like the way I interact with like nature, yeah, usually yeah. like I will like think like whether it be like out loud in my head, any like space for like allowing me to exist in space, especially if I'm like digging in the dirt or like plucking a flower, like stuff like that. I try to like make it like a reciprocal exchange between me and like nature. And that doesn't have to mean like I'm like always out here frolicking in the woods. Like it's <laughs> simply like if I like go on a walk, like I try to like give back, whether that be like pick up a piece of trash or like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking too, like on our shrooms trip where we're like, thank you shrooms. And then we <laughs> we pour them back in the lake yeah, to give back yeah. to like Yeah, I was like, nature. we need to give an offering. Yeah. yeah. It's the mindset behind what you do, because what I was going to say is like, it doesn't necessarily even have to be using crystals or incense or herbs it can be like literally like it's just i don't know like any normal object like and it doesn't even have to be an object like i was talking about like a reciprocal relationship with nature there's no objects like involved Mm -hmm. in that like at all when i think about it like setting your own ritual is just like such a liberating thing because you can basically do anything that fits you you can like use as many tools use no tools at all like whatever works for you it's very freeing Mm -hmm, it is it's very just like again like putting you back in like control of like your reality Mm -hmm. and not control in a way that like you're trying to like dictate the outcome of things but like control in a in a a it's like empowered yeah empowered is a better word you're just more present to like living life and you realize how powerful your mind is and like how powerful your behaviors are on that same trip i remember like all these leaves like fell down and i was like oh confetti they're like having a party for us <laughs> and the sweet grass and it's she like, was like yeah. hugging me the sweet yeah. grass and i was like that could also just have been like leaves falling like it's just like about your intention and it's about like it's like the world that you create which is like don't let someone else use yourself and like your mind and your behaviors and your actions to create a world for themselves thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learned something new today if you enjoyed this podcast and want to support the making of future episodes please consider becoming a monthly donor or leaving us a tip on venmo cash app or paypal all of those links will be in the episode description lastly make sure to follow us on insta twitter and tiktok for updates and even more allegedly content our handle for all social media is at we said allegedly see you all next thursday